My name is Pastor A.J. Reynolds from High Point Monmouth, part of the High Point Sun Network that you guys are a part of. Had the privilege of being able to come here and preach here a few times if we had a chance to meet. I'm really, really, really grateful to be here this morning. Uh, I'm really grateful for your pastor, Pastor Dave, uh, one of my best friends. So grateful to see how God has been using him and working through you as well to be able to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to Madison. But every time I say Madison now, people are like, mm, no. It's like Madison and surrounding areas like Verona and Fish Hatchery Road. Is that right? Did I get that right? How do you think that road got named? I know. <laughs> I know. I'm from Monmouth, but I'm not that slow. Uh, yeah. No, it's really good. And uh, I, I, my, my family, we're, we're actually on vacation here. Uh, I've got six girls. Collective gasp. Did I? Okay. Uh, six girls are all here. That can happen. Uh, during lunch today, get, grab a quarter. Just try to get head six times in a row. You won't be able to do it. Okay? But uh, we, we, our whole family is here. We're on a little, enjoying a little vacay. People from Monmouth go on vacation to Madison, in case you were wondering. We, we, we love it here. It's super fun. Um, but uh, I, I made the mistake yesterday, we, we went to Mount Olympus, and uh, this might be the only thing that you need to know about me, and this might be where you stop listening to the rest of the sermon. Uh, I made uh, the misstep, being from Monmouth, Illinois, of wearing a Chicago Bears shirt to Mount Olympus. Uh, and, okay, so one guy's with me, everyone else is like, get him off the stage! Okay, uh, that was terrifying. Uh, I got a lot of dirty looks. Uh, a lot of next, like like next in line, like move it. And I got one guy literally walked, uh, I don't remember which what grocery store we were in. I don't remember where we were at, but we walked by and I, and I got a go pack go. And I'm like, okay, all right, calm it down. <laughs> calm it down, calm it down. But pick and save, thank you, yeah. <laughs> the pick and save, that's right, babe, that's what it was. Um, but so we're really grateful to be here. We're grateful how God's at work. Um, we... Uh, at, at our church, we're going through a series called Summer in the Psalms, and Pastor Dave uh, actually asked me to go through one of the psalms that uh, we've been going through together as a church in Monmouth, uh, Psalm 46. So if you got your Bibles, please open up to Psalm 46, and uh, we're going to be looking at how to have an unshakable faith in unsettling times. And, and maybe let's start here. Uh, just to be able to test your church IQ. I don't know if you grew up in church your entire life. I don't know if you've been in church your entire life, or maybe you've been in church for the last two or three weeks. Uh, either way, let's test your church IQ. Ready for it? Ready for it? Ready for it? God is good all the time. Okay, that's a pretty high church IQ. That's a pretty high church. Most of you knew that. Now, now, now here's the question. Um, think about because this is true, isn't it? Like when we say things over and 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 over again, sometimes they lose their meaning. Think about, think about the faith it takes to say a statement like that and actually mean it. That in every time God is good and that God is good in every single circumstance, in every single thing, in every single moment of your life. Could you actually mean that? Like the, the highs, like 
when the highs are high, it's like, God is good all the time. Bring it. Come on. Let's bring the band up. Let's sing the song one more time. Can we hit the chorus again, Zach? Let's do this thing, right? But when the lows are low, right? And, and, and Pastor Dave asked me to preach on this psalm because collectively, now, just let me have a shepherd's heart for a second. Not, not just as an individual, or a small group, or as a church family. But it's rare that actually an entire state has gone through a tragedy where something has shaken you guys to your core that's changed everything. Something that you never thought would change has changed. And now you're left asking why. And you know what I'm talking about? List, we have a picture of... And I know these are hard times. I know these are hard times. Oh, man. Gotcha! The whole sermon is just, it's done now. Like, like this is, I was just setting you up the whole time for that. I told Liz what we were going to do, and she was like, don't, don't do that. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, we're going we're gonna to do it. Okay, okay, okay. You can take it off. You can take it off, Liz. But, uh, so, so we're joking around. Little joke. Little joke from a Bears fan. But, but. Have you ever gotten news where it turned your whole life upside down? Like, like you can remember what life was like before you got the news, before you got the phone call, before something changed. You remember what life was like then and how it changed what life is like now. You know what I'm talking about? Here's a quick list of just thinking about things that have happened in our church family in Monmouth. When the job's lost. When the prodigal refuses to come back home. When you get the phone call from the doctor saying the cancer's back. When tragedy strikes. Just fill in the blank. These are things that change the course of your life. They're markers in your life. And if we're not careful, if we're not intentional about building up a faith on the mountaintops that can withstand such a hit in the valley when tragedy strikes and we're low, if we're not careful, we'll lose our faith. What's known as a deconstructionist movement that we're surrounded by right now. And what's amazing is David doesn't just tell us how to guard it in Psalm 46. Do you understand? He was going through it in Psalm 46. We don't exactly know the context of what happened in David's life, but we know some things that happened in David's life that he could be writing about right now. It's likely when we look at the chronological status of David's life in this moment in Psalm 46, you know what's happening in his life? It's very likely his oldest son, Absalom, is trying to murder him because he wants to take over the throne. Good day or bad day? That's a bad day. <laughs> When you're on the run from your oldest son who would rather have you dead and the very things that David thought would always be certain, would always be solid, would always be solidified are crumbled around him and the question is, what do I do now? How do I build a faith that is strong enough to withhold these unsettling times? Four points from Psalm 46, but um, if you would... 
Can you just indulge the guest preacher for a second in the reading of God's word to show the respect that it's due? Can we stand together? And let's read this, let's read this psalm as a whole, and then we'll pick it apart um, word by word, verse by verse. Ready for it? I'll read. You follow along, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. So important words, remember those, in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. Now there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come and behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Have a seat. First point. First point here. First way to be able to know that your faith is unshakable. Your faith is unshakable when it's rooted in the presence of God. When it's rooted in the presence of God. In unsettling times, like David's in, in the middle of this moment. Do you, do you see the moment he's in? The Verse 2, the earth is giving way. The mountains are moving into the heart of the sea. The, the, the very things that he thought would always be present, like mountains, are crumbling around him, and it feels like chicken little moment. The sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And in those moments... The question that we're often tempted to ask is, if that's happening, where's God? You ever been in that moment before? Now, maybe you're in church and you're like, we cannot admit that we ask that question. David asked it. And David's described, I don't know if you've ever read the story of David, but he's got, he's got a pretty amazing track record, hasn't he? You know this guy? Did you grow up in church? You remember this song? Only a boy named David, pastor, stop singing. <laughs> Only a little brook. Only a boy named David. Do you remember it? Do you remember it? Five little stones he took. And just kidding, we're not going to go. But, 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 but th this is that David, right? Have you, like the flannel graph, were you ever taught this in Sunday school? If you've never, let me just do some quick teaching. Kids, go ahead and plug your ears for a second. David goes against Goliath. It's an epic showdown. They're doing this showdown to be able to um, make sure that people don't have to die that are need, like needless deaths. Instead of an entire army battling an entire army, one fierce warrior faces one fierce warrior. Goliath, literally a Goliath, a giant, comes out fierce time and time, day after day, the entire Israeli, uh, 
Israelite army is scared stiff, won't do a thing. And a shepherd boy named David says, I'll fight him because God's on my side. We'll take this armor at least. No armor needed. We'll take this sword at least, David. No sword needed. What's he take? A slingshot and a rock. How many rocks does it take? God's got pretty good aim. Right? Dead center. And now, and then this is the part where the flannel graph Sunday school story ends. We're like, yay, David. How, what, what, keep, what happens? Not in Monmouth. On our mural board, it's not David fighting Goliath. You know what we have? We have young David, 16-year-old, holding up a giant's cut, decapitated head, bloody, pouring blood on the wall. Just kidding. We don't have that, but it'd be awesome if we did, okay? Because that's what happened. <laughs> My man. Everywhere I go, I'm like, there's a little Monmouth. There's a little Monmouth. So enough faith to stand in front of Goliath. Enough honesty to be able to say, there's moments, God, where it feels like you aren't even close to me. But where does he come back to? How does this psalm start? Well, even when it feels like, God, that the mountains are caving in around me, that everything that I know is caving in around me, where does it start? With this promise, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. God is present in your trouble. God is sovereign over everything that has ever happened in your life. He has, there are only two options for a sovereign God. God has either sovereignly allowed everything that's happened in your life to happen, or God has sovereignly caused everything that's happened in your life to happen. The way that we often say to Monmouth is, God doesn't drive an ambulance. God isn't panicking. God's not looking. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're not looking from heaven at your life, and then God the Father walks away to get more guacamole and dip, and then looks back and goes, whoa, 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 I was gone for three minutes. What's he doing? He went to Mount Olympus with a bear shirt on? Holy Spirit, where were you on this one? That's not how it works. God's not panicking. God's not surprised. God's not driving an ambulance. God has either caused it to happen or God has allowed it to happen. And when you think through every moment of your life up to this moment, do you believe that? Even in the times of trouble. He's not just present. The emphatic is used here a very present help. Very meaning never absent. There's never been a moment in your life in which God has not been present. Present meaning eternally dependable, unshakably dependable, forever faithful. A very present, and then what? Help. He's a refuge and a rescue. He's a strength in the midst of the trial. It's amazing, isn't it, that God doesn't save us from trials? That God allows us to go through trials, but he is present with us in them? Why would he do that? Have you ever thought about that? Why wouldn't God just have us avoid the trial together? Why does he want us in the trial? Here's why. Because going through trials teaches us how dependent we need to be on him. 
That's exactly why. Doesn't Jesus' little brother James say something about that? James 1? You can know that your faith is unshakable when it's rooted in the presence of God and you know that he is a very present help even in times of trouble. Here's the second way you can know your faith is unshakable. Your faith is unshakable when it's focused on the eternity of God. The eternity of God. Um, Jeff, I wonder if we could just call a quick audible. If you could, that look of terror on your face brings me great joy um, <laughs> right now. Here's what I'm looking for. Maybe, Zach, maybe you could help too. I'm, I'm looking for a roll of gaff tape. If you could have that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff is frantically pointing to Zach. That's great. Just have that ready whenever you're ready. Brendan, you're my man. I appreciate you getting that for me. Look at verses four through seven. Let's focus on, the eternity, on eternity with God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. And there's a city in which God is in the midst of her and she will not be moved. Now, in the Old Testament, when this is written, David has a very specific place in mind when he's writing about this city of God. He is writing about Jerusalem. He is writing about the people of God in which God manifests his presence in. And that we know that as times change, our God never changes. He continues to have a holy city known as now God dwells in the church. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I'll put this here so you can all be like, I wonder what he's going to do with that. It's coming. But so now God doesn't dwell just in Jerusalem. God dwells where? And his people, here, God manifests the praises of his people. That's why Sundays are so important, are they not? That we gather together as God's people in God's house on God's day to be able to lift up God's praise. There is, like, like trust me, God's presence was here at 3 a.m. on Wednesday. God's presence was here. But God's manifest presence is here in a different way at 10 o'clock when we start focusing our hearts, our attention collectively together. Our praises start building up the throne of God to be able to sit here and we sing and we pray and we preach and we hear the good news of Jesus Christ knowing that he's in the room with us today too. And this is the promise and the hope of the believer. This is what makes Sunday morning not a, oh, we gotta go to church again. It's a, is it Sunday yet? Is it Sunday yet? Is it Sunday yet? Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Pray about that. Okay? But we also know that God's eternal presence will be in a place called New Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth where our, as the believers, saved by our faith that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life and died a death that we deserve in three days later because he wasn't just a man, he rose from the grave because he was fully God. Triumphant over death, having faith and trust in that we are able to be in his presence forever. Do we have any concept 
for how long forever is? Do we have any concept about how his presence in this holy city, do we have any concept for how long that is? How, what a beautiful present that is? Treasure that is? I mean, you understand that heaven, heaven isn't a place where we get to go to because we don't want to go to hell. Do you understand that heaven is a place we get to go to because we want to be with God forever? Do you guys know the hymn Amazing Grace? Of course you do. Everyone's got Amazing Grace down, right? Do you know there's like 14 verses to Amazing Grace? Everyone's got the first one down. Most of you might have the second one down. But by like stanza seven, you're like, watermelon, watermelon. I don't know this. I don't know what we're singing, right? Let me give you the last stanza of the last chorus of Amazing Grace. Ready for it? When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining like the sun, we know less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Wow. We don't get it though, do we? Because if we really got it, this would be the point where, I mean, someone had to say amen in that moment, right? If we really got it, if we really understood it, we would stand up and stop the sermon and applause would break out. Beach balls would be going throughout the congregation. If we really understood it, let me see if I can help. Uh, Ella, you ready? You've been practicing. Uh, as a pastor's kid, uh, you had to know this is coming, right? You know this is coming? Okay, hold this. Okay, you're going to go over to this side, over here. Uh, uh, well, can you just... Would you back it off or not? That's a little aggressive, okay? Can you go over to this side, please? Yep, you got it. And can I get one of the Rollins kids? Does that help? Like, which one? I don't want anyone to, go to have to go to counseling for this, like coming in front. I don't know which one that is, but okay. Ella, can you go over to this side? Let's have you go over here. What's your name, Bob? Ben. Ben? Yeah. Sorry, man. You got this, though, okay? Ben, hold this. Brandon, I'm going to try and not get feedback, okay? Now, you're going to... Go over and go on this side. Now watch the TV over here. That looks expensive. Don't break it. Dave will get so mad at me if I break the TV. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Watch these kind of people out. Don't hurt them. Sorry, Brennan. I got no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, now, now, now your job is to hold this tight. Don't let it flop. No pressure. But Ben, the crux of the sermon relies on your hands right now. Okay, here's what we got. Ready? This span of gaff tape is a representation of eternity. Now, I know what you're thinking. The illustration's already broken. Why? Because eternity has no beginning and has no end. I know. But do you know how expensive gaff tape is? We can't make, we can't make it go all the way. But just, but just imagine, this, this eternal stretch of gaff tape goes from one end of the universe to the other, nonstop, and this is the stretch of eternity. Okay, pull it tight, Ben. Pull it tight, you got it. Now, here's what I'm gonna do, ready? Thumb, index finger, what does this represent? What is it? 
Not a day. What is it? Your life. 60 years? Well, you guys live in Madison. 90? Everyone's eating granola, running CrossFit, right? Do you know we have three McDonald's in Monmouth, a town of 10,000 people? Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay? Life right here. Okay? Now, think about this. 80 years. The highs of those 80 years, those lows of those 80 years, the focus of the decisions that we constantly make are around what? This. And inside these 80 years, if we have a good day, we're happy. And if we have a bad day, we're sad. And when we live life that way, what are we completely ignoring? Can you feel the difference there? See, what David does is, even though... Benny did great. Give it up for these guys. Nice job. Do you, do you feel the difference, the shift that David makes in Psalm four, or, uh, in verse 4, rather? Can you feel that? See, in verses 1 through 3, he's looking at his problems that are allowing him to see that, man, it feels like in this day, in this moment, I'm ready for it? That a boy. It feels like in those moments... My days, those 80 years, this moment, it feels like the world's crushing in beneath me. But in verse 4, he gets his eyes off of the horizontal, off of the left and right, and he puts it on where? God, eternity. That even though I might have rough days and rough valleys, the end of the story is I get to be with Jesus forever. Does that change how you live today? Does that change the hope that you have today? It should. It should. Because following Jesus doesn't just change where you get to spend eternity. Following Jesus gets to change where you spend eternity, which shifts how you live your life today. By the end of this sermon, I'm going to teach you guys where's a good place to say amen in the sermon. You missed it again. Third one, here we go. Love you guys. Third one. You know your faith is unshakable when it's reflecting on the power of God. Look at verses 8 and 9. David's saying, after we just focused on the Lord, gotten our focus and our attention off of the left and right horizontal, the troubles that we're in, we put it on the, the, the focus and the glory of God, eternity with him. Now David says, come and behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Now, you may know that the Psalms are like an Old Testament hymnal, right? <laughs> Just Can you imagine 
the worship team coming up and being like, okay, let's sing this song. Ready? Um, Come behold the works of the Lord. He lit the chariot on fire. You're like, what in the what? What, what, What's the point here? That, That we may think that man is powerful. We may think that military is powerful. We may think that countries and nations are powerful. But whose palm are they in? God's. Amen. <laughs> the two charismatic brothers are with me on this, and we will have this turn. Okay, it's going to happen. Like, 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 think about this. Think about this. No matter what you're facing in your life today, in that span of 80 years, there is nothing that God looks at, no trial, no enemy, No opposition that God looks at and goes, I have no idea what we're going to do. He speaks and the nations melt. Because when God wins, God wins big. And God has one big in your life, hasn't he? This is the cause. This is the, the command, rather, to come behold the works of the Lord. That's thinking about past tense, right? Come behold how God has worked. I know this is scary for y'all because this is Midwest. You come from like this reformed background where charismatic worship looks like this. It's okay. We're breaking out a little bit. We're we're warming up. here's, Here's what I want. What if we were so bold that for a minute, maybe even if we got crazy 90 seconds, what if we remembered together how God has worked in power in your life today? What if we, in just one sentence, a one-sentence testimony, what if you finish this sentence? God worked in power when, fill in the blank, And what if we just took 60 seconds, 90 seconds, and just had people shout out when you've seen God mightily at work in your life? Are you up for that? Because I bet if we did that, would it not encourage everyone in this room to remember how God has been at work and to remember that he's been faithful then, which gives us the assurance that he'll be faithful now? Would that be an encouragement to us today? So let's do it. Let's finish the sentence, popcorn style. I remember, or, or sorry, sorry, messed it up. God worked in power when, fill in the blank. Ready? Someone be bold and be the first one on three. One, two, three. When my daughter was in trouble. Amen. Who else? Amen. Amen. Healed your grandson. Say it again. Amen. Amen, sister. Who else? Say it again. No? Somebody else? Yeah? Yeah. 
Probably longer than the sentence, but you nailed it. I think you're right. God's at work. Who else? Who else? Praise God. Who else? Gave me a place to live. Amen. Oh, another thing I want to say. Amen. This is my girlfriend, God, everyone. You come always to your back if you need. Glad you're here today, guys. Everyone's got a meet cute story, Bobby. That's yours. Yep, over here. What do we got? I saw God when he saved my daughter, Julie. Amen. Praise God. Is this worth doing? Are you encouraged here? This is why David says, remember how God has been at work. I, I don't know if you knew all of those stories that happened. It's likely you knew some of them, but not all of them. I didn't know any of them. And when we remember that God has been at work, we remember that God will be faithful to continue to be at work. Amen? See, this is what happens when we get our mind off of the 80 years of trials. One more verse because I can't help myself. Maybe write this one down for future study. If you're a note taker, write this one down. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. There are some passages that you have to get written into your heart so that when you walk into the valley, you're able to combat the valley with Scripture and with the promises of God. Here's 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. So we don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day because these light Momentary afflictions are creating for us an eternal weight of glory that is beyond all comparison as we focus on the things that are unseen, not on the things that are seen. Wow, pastor, that's super impressive. You've got that verse memorized. I wonder why you have it memorized. Do you want to know why? Because sometimes even pastors have to remember, we don't have to lose heart, bro. We don't have to lose heart. These outer circumstances, these light and momentary afflictions that we're feeling on this side of eternity are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory that is beyond all comparison. God has been at work, and God will continue to be at work, and that's why God's name should be praised. Amen? Amen. Last one, ready for it? You can know that you've got an unshakable faith when it's resting in the glory of God. Look at verse 10. And if you've grown up in church, this has likely been uh, a shirt that you own, on a shirt that you owned, or maybe a coffee mug. It literally was on uh, in, in vinyl in my living room at one point. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I know you don't know me. This might come as a surprise. But of all the commands that I would love to never hear come out of God's mouth, be still is, is, is probably at the top of the heap. Someone described my preaching style like Chris Farley in that SNL skit that in the van down by the river. Like it looks like I'm always about to jump through a wall. 
okay? Are you getting that vibe a little bit? Like being still. When, when, a, when a problem arises, when a valley strikes, when something isn't going right, do you know what's last on my list? Being still. I want to fix it. And I have the spiritual gift of taking something that's in a bad place and aggressively moving it and shaking it and, and making it much, much worse. Can I get an amen from the front row? When maybe what God was teaching me in that moment was that maybe the greatest need was just to learn how dependent I needed to be on him. That maybe what God was teaching me was that if you compare all of my effort and all of my might and all of my wisdom to solve this trial compared to all of his power and all of his strength and all of his might that I could just be dependent on, who wins every time? It's not even close. And there's, there is something incredibly freeing when we come open-handed to God and we just say, I'm choosing right now to be more dependent on your might and your power and your wisdom than my own. Surrender. Open-handed surrender. But that takes a lot of humility, doesn't it? It takes a lot of faith. That, 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 that takes a lot, a lot of intentionality on the glory of God. Do you have that today? Do you have that today? Because when we're still, when we're resting in the glory of God, man, it's amazing how those trials that seem to take up so much real estate in our minds and in our thoughts, how they fade away. Let's just do this for a moment. Let's take a moment. Let's just quietly in this moment, let's surrender to the Lord. Let's surrender that specific thing that you've been thinking about that's in your mind throughout the entire sermon that you're like, that trial, I could never surrender to God. That thing I've got to fix, that relationship I've got to mend, that mountain that feels like could never be conquered, that thing, whatever it is, I believe the Holy Spirit, I believe the Word of God is telling you, loved one, to surrender it right now. Let's tell him that. Tell him you surrender.
Father God, we desperately want to be a people who are dependent on you, who are surrendered to you, that hold nothing back from you. We want to be a people, Lord God. Yes, in the greatest moment of our lives, but in the hardest moments of our lives, we don't run far from you, we run closer towards you. We want to be a people, Father, who be still in the midst of our trials, and we know and we trust and we believe that you are God. God, and when you work in and through our trials, and in and through the valleys, that that's where you get the glory, and that's where you get the honor, and that's where you get the praise that you're due. So God, don't save us from the trials. Be our strength, and be our courage, and renew our might in the midst of our trials, God, we pray. Even when the foes are many, even when others rise against us, allow us to be able to know that you are a very present help in these times of trouble. Father, we devote so much more to you than just a song or a melody or a note. We devote our lives to you, God. May we... May we, God, be a living sacrifice to you, I pray. And all God's people said, amen.